0: Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's word, and I pray that his Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that he gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome, everybody. Today, we're continuing our series called Kingdom House. We've been talking about what are the things that make Grace Avenue what it is. What are the key building blocks that we're passionate about here? And we've gone through several different weeks already. Uh, we have booklets that we've been handing out every week. We ran out of them, so next week we'll have some more. But today, uh, we're going to talk about point number four. Um, and this one, I would say, is the most important out of all of them. If I think What is the most important point out of these, all that we're talking about, these eight? This one would be it. It is called prayer and presence. This is something that we're passionate about in Grace Avenue from the day we started till now. It's to grow a church that is a praying church and a presence church. Now, that's not all we are, but that is a huge part of who we are, what we are, what we believe, what is important. Why? Because it's important to God. Now, I'll give you a couple of verses to just start that off. Luke, the book of Luke, uh, it should be up here on the screen. Luke is talking about Jesus, and he says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So he often pulled away and put himself in a a position. Now, think about this. Away from ministry, away from teaching his disciples, away from the, the cares of life, away from the things that he was already known for, to simply pray. Yeah. Like what more of a model do we need? Jesus prayed, right? And then in Galatians chapter 5, um, the apostle Paul is saying, if we now live by the Spirit, if this is who we are as God's people, people who live by God's Spirit, then we need to keep in step with God's Spirit. Yeah. Um, by the way, this is my guest, Courtney Beard. Forgot about the intro. Hey, everybody. We were cracking you? jokes, and we forgot to introduce oh, Courtney. Man. It's it, your fault. You started it, with the it, fan I, joke. I, I did. I started the deaf with the fan, fan joke. <laughs> you know, if you, if you usually see Pastor Courtney, he's up here on keys or leading worship or doing different things, but we wanted to center a conversation today around this topic, because you have prayer and presence.
1: Yeah. I think for me, b- b- both of those work in concert with each other. I can't tell you how valuable the presence has been in my life—the presence of the Lord. And people, they always often say, "When I'm around you, I feel joyful." Okay, yeah, that's joy, but that's also presence you feel. Yeah. That just is an overflow that of spending time in the presence of the Lord. And uh, in that, you remember growing up in church, which since I were talking about back in the day, church, somebody would walk past you and they would say have you been with the Lord yeah. since you've been with him? <laughs> and and you, you just hope that Guilt they sense the Lord, yeah. you know, and not like you watching Law and Order all night. Yeah. But, but, it, but it, it was that thing. Uh, I remember my student pastor would say, I could smell heaven on you. In other words, mm. your attitude, your posture, the essence of how you do things, it's just, I can just tell you took a moment and prioritized the presence of the Lord.
0: Have you ever been around people who you get in their presence and you realize how unspiritual you are in their presence. Yes. Like, you think you're spiritual. Like, oh, I've been saved 20 years. I know the Lord. right? And then you get around them and you feel like, I don't know anything. <laughs> and they just carry an aura. Yeah. They carry an oil. They yeah. carry a spirit. They carry a presence of the Lord, a humility. It is a powerful, powerful thing to be around that people have developed that In their own life. Now, have you ever seen people who have no rhythm and they're trying to dance? (laughs) Or trying to clap to a song? And they just can't get it. And there's that uncomfortable place where like, okay, it's been 60 seconds. They'll they'll get it here in a second. But then they don't. And the dance steps are off. And then, then it just becomes bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they can't keep a rhythm, right? This is what, what I, I liken that to what Paul's talking about here. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step yeah. a rhythm with the Spirit. So so what is the rhythm of the Holy Spirit in our lives? This is a big question for us to, to really ponder on and to think about. Where am I if I'm a man or a woman of the spirit now? And God's heart is that I keep in step with the Holy Spirit, or am I on that? Like, I, he can't find that for me. I can't find that for you. Yeah. There's a rhythm that I have to be accountable to to keep in step with what God is doing. And, and this is something that um, I think I learned about from just being around church people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Church yeah. people have a way of just
1: yeah. teaching you without teaching you. yeah. Uh, One of my pastors growing up used to say, some things are caught, not taught. Yeah. You catch it first, and then you understand it later. And I think sometimes we want to understand it first, then implement it. Yeah. And I think some of the best blueprints for my spiritual walk has mm. been to be like an apprentice, to stand at the right hand of somebody and do what they do. Right. Jesus said, I do, what the, I do what the Father does. I say what he says. Jesus was almost like an apprentice. Whatever God's doing, I'm going to do. So I learned how to cultivate my prayer language by listening to somebody else pray mm. In hearing the words they use and even hearing their rhythm, that's and so that's good. how I cultivated my prayer time
0: I, I would I would learn those things through being around church as a little kid so I would um, someone was telling me today that their son uh, is, is serving in the parking lot he's, he's, he's a younger kid, yeah and that was me yeah and that was me and, and honestly, this is why I think it's just so important. For your kids to not just be in church, but around healthy church people. Yeah. Because they're catching stuff that you're not teaching. Yeah. Or they're catching stuff that you have taught, and now it's being re- reinforced by someone. So they don't think you're the devil as the parents. They realize, oh, all adults believe this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when they love Jesus, it's a whole other level. But, but all, all joking aside, that, like when I would serve in the parking lot as a little kid, because I just thought it was cool. They're giving me a vest, and I get like a yeah. a light yeah. And, I, and I can just tell people, I can do this, yes. right? I'm 13, man. There's girls in these cars. They, on, they know man. who's in charge <laughs> around here, right? Right this way, ladies. You know, I was the man. Yes. But I was also around other men who, these guys weren't talking filthy. They weren't cracking sex jokes all day. Come on. Their, their vocabulary was godly. They were talking about what they're praying about, what they're spouting. And I'm catching
1: yes. these. Now, they don't know I'm listening. But I'm catching... Yeah. What they're teaching, right? Your, your mom uh, was in the band yeah, at church, and you know, I grew up always around the musicians. I can't tell you how many times a regular rehearsal turned into prayer, yeah. because someone came in broken and needed something, or the parking lot, which you thought was just serving, or even being that kid. At like 12, one day the yeah. parking t- team would look at you and say, "Courtney, you pray." Yeah. And you're like, "It's my turn." Mm -hmm. I get to practice, and no one cared if I was clumsy. What they cared about is I was cultivating. And sometimes we don't walk out or exercise our prayer Mm. because we say, my prayers are clumsy. God is still in the clumsy prayers. That's good. The presence of God is still in the clumsy prayers. Your cadence may not be down, and your words may be clumsy, but I promise you that the kingdom is in it.
0: One prayer was, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. That was the prayer that we read about. So let's talk about why prayer and presence are are, are important. I I think, firstly, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, is that you guard the affections of your heart. Yeah. You guard the affections of your heart. Our heart has affections. And we know this because we know ourselves, we know our lives, we know what we lean into, we, need what we, we know what we pull away from. But so much in scripture is given to us as instruction to not just guard our heart, but to make sure that our heart is is right before yeah, God,
1: yeah.
0: right before the Lord. It, it's not just a saying. It, it's not just a guard my heart from a bad relationship. It's Make sure my heart is in right standing yes. with you. Yes, like that's a deeper prayer than just yeah. keep my heart from dating the wrong person, yeah. Yeah. falling for the wrong person. Right? Psalm one nineteen. This won't be up there, but I, I want to read this. It says, turn my heart towards your laws and not towards selfish gain. Turn my heart. So there's a turning of our heart, right? Turning. That can happen. And I love this other translation. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not toward covetousness. Yes. You know that's a New King James word, covetousness. Yes. We don't think of ourselves as covetous, but we are thinking sometimes of ourselves as jealous or slanderous or or desiring something that really isn't for us or isn't of us. And here, his prayer in the Psalms is, Lord, turn my heart toward what is pure and what is right before Mm -hmm. you. And look what he says, and not towards selfish gain. Yeah. He doesn't say, don't turn my heart towards gain, success, achievement, building, goals. No, he's towards selfish gain, yeah. where it's all about me. It's all about my success. It's all about my life. Keep my heart from going that direction. Yeah. Right?
1: We were talking earlier, and I was mentioning that prayer and presence keeps me from getting weary. Because in this life that we're living as believers, life will present moments for you to throw in the towel and say, I'm too weary to continue in the faith. Mm -hmm. I'm too weary to stay on my assignment. I'm too weary to stay in this relationship. Prayer and presence comes and holds up your arms so that way weariness doesn't take take you out. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. There are moments where weariness will try to overthrow your well-doing. And you'll say, I just can't serve anymore in this season. I'm overwhelmed. I want to ask you, before you decline for that season on PCO, are you spending time in the presence of the Lord to be renewed? Hmm. Maybe it's not a retirement you need. Maybe it's a renewal that you need. Jesus, in that one scripture you were mentioning earlier, said that he would frequently get away. Another translation says that he would slip away. Hmm. He would slip away. I want to know what it's like to slip away and be with the Lord so that way I don't slip up into life. And if I'm with him frequently, I just slip away. Hey, I just need three minutes to get away just to be with him. And I remember one time, I think my mom told me this. If you can't find, Courtney, three minutes to be with the Lord, your priorities are all messed up. You are allowing the mountain of life to loom over you to control your moments. You got to find a moment to get with God. And that is my slip away because weariness will come after every believer.
0: Yeah. That was your mom, huh?
1: My mom. Oh, by
0: far. This is my mom. Be sure your sin will find you out. Whoa!
1: Aren't you glad they weren't friends? I don't know
0: what you're doing, but the Lord knows what you're doing. Aren't
1: you glad? See, sometimes you got to thank God that our, our moms weren't friends. We, we would have never, but, but that, that began to train your mind. I, I woke up in the house while I was here my mom praying in the Holy Ghost in the morning. Yeah. And even when she comes and visit us now, she still does it. And, but that's where I learned, let me set aside some time yeah. before Facebook gets me.
0: This creates a value. Not just this isn't just the value in our church. This creates a value for our homes, oh, the atmosphere of our homes. That this is a praying home and a presence home. That this is a sanctuary for the Lord. This is not just the sanctuary. Our home is a sanctuary. Our heart is a sanctuary for the Lord. Right? There's a purity about it. You said the atmosphere of our homes. Yeah, the atmosphere. Jeez. I mean, we get to set those. Who else gets to set that? Right? Politics. The political tone of America. That's so good. Uh, what's going on at work? Anger and frustration. Come on. The atmosphere of our home, home, we can turn the temperature up or down. so good. We can change the flavor. You ever walked into somebody's house and you could tell they've tried to cover it up with candles? Yeah. (laughs) That ain't helping your house, man. You need a professional cleaning in this place. (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) I'm referring to younger people, college days. Like, there were some houses that... You know, I had to get a demon cast out of me after walking into their home. But the reality is there's an atmosphere that we can steward, create and steward in our home, an atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of holiness, yeah. an atmosphere of purity, right? Think about this, that the Lord gives us opportunity for our heart, our mind, what we see, our living room, our bedroom, our house, as a sanctuary for his glory. Think about that. What an opportunity. See, um, let me get to the points here. Prayer. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is a discipline. Now, how disciplined you are at what times and how and when, I I think for me that's changed in different ways in different seasons. There's ways I prayed in certain seasons when I came to know the Lord, and then there's ways I pray now. But there's always a discipline of, of trying to hear the Lord's voice, yeah. trying to hear, yeah. to discern what he's saying in the stage, in the season. Six years ago, at this very moment, my wife was in ICU and my baby was in the NICU, yeah. and my prayer life was on another level,
1: yeah.
0: another level. All I could do was focus 120% on their healing and their wholeness. I've got a child who was born and weighs two pounds here, can literally fit in my hand. There's memories coming up today on social media, and my, my child is literally about the size of my glasses here. I'm just literally holding her with my hand like this. She's so tiny. Yeah. And I'm praying, God, heal this child, save this child. And my wife is in the hospital on the other side of town. And so my prayer life was just like at an all-time focused high. But it was a lifestyle before I'd gotten there. Yeah. That's, that's a couple more points. It requires your full attention, and it's a lifestyle. Prayer requires your full attention, and prayer is a lifestyle. Because at that moment, all I could do was focus on them. That's it. But I developed this lifestyle beforehand where God wasn't just the person I go to when it's a 911 emergency situation. Yeah. And I, I really think that we underdevelop our spirit if all we do is go to God in emergencies. Uh, we never know how to fellowship with him yeah. throughout the day and when times are peaceful, when life is good. It's just when life is bad yeah. and we just go to God yeah. and we miss moments of knowing who he is.
1: Yeah. I, I never wanted to treat God like a genie in a bottle mm. where I go to him and rub the lamp of prayer and then do what I want you to do because if the situation didn't change, my hope would be let down and say God didn't come through. No, God was just working something out in me. Yeah. I didn't share this earlier, really, but I've preached this before. When my wife, Cornetta, was diagnosed with an aggressive cancer, we, we, we had to surround our house with prayer and presence. So we played worship music 24-7 and kept an attitude of prayer in the home because we needed all of those things to partner together so that our hope and our faith could stay aligned with what God was saying and not the report of the, of the doctors. Yeah. And I, I cultivated a lot of that discipline in my car. Uh, I, on the way to work, I worked retail back in the day. And on the way to the mall, I would tell the Lord, the drive there is about you. The drive back, I can listen to what I want. And the drive there, I would put on often songs that we did that Sunday. Or a message that the pastor just preach. Or something that I heard, you know, on the radio. But I would take songs. Jehovah uh, Jehovah Jireh. Uh, fulfill my need, Jehovah Rapha, heal your body. I didn't know what a Jehovah Rapha was, mm. but we sang it in a song, and I would take the songs from Sundays and turn them into my prayer time in the car, mm. and I would just weep because my prayer would turn into the presence of the Lord, mm. and man, it was in that moment where I'm not going to say he fixed everything going on outside of the car, but man, was he fixing everything going on on the inside That's of me. Huge. That's and good. what he talked to me about, would you believe it? I'd minister to a coworker later. I had no clue that I was getting undressed uh, of the world so he sure. can fill me with something else so I can give those clothes away to somebody else. That's really good. You, you developed a discipline. Oh, yeah. A discipline. And I think
0: that's, you know, I had to find where does God speak to me best in my most focused, and for me it was also the car. I used to, uh, same thing, restaurants and retail environments and, and in different, different places and positions and working under different people, different personalities, different temperaments, different yeah. pressures. And one of the things I learned was in a couple of different environments there were two things that were working against me. One was an atmosphere of temptations and another one was an atmosphere of toxicity. So you come into one place and you're tempted around things that you've left behind. things that you know are no good for you. Now I'm having to work there. So I would have to arrive, I would start at 10, that's when the doors opened, I'd have to arrive at 927, and I would spend the first couple of minutes praying, then I would listen to a teaching on AM radio. Remember static AM AM radio? Yes, I remember that. Before y'all had to go with podcasts and you, you could pull up whatever you want, about whatever you want, and feed yourself, you... Had to go with what was on AM radio, whatever, so guest pastor and whoever that guest spot was that they yeah. bought at 9.30. Yeah. That's what I would listen to and just fill my spirit, take notes, carry my Bible, read it, get geared up. And then, because of the toxicity I was going into in the atmosphere where I was working, I would already be prepared for what I was entering into. So, so my armor was on before I went into battle, yes. right? I was already, I had already been sparring before I got into the ring.
1: Yeah, you weren't having to put it on when you got offended. Exactly. You weren't having to put it on when bitterness cultivated. Right, you right. walked in with the armor already on. Those AM stations, mm-hmm. you know how much static we work through just to get to the presence of the Lord? But we were so hungry for it. I know, and then yeah. there are moments if the weather was off, you had to be in a different parking space. Yeah. But, but see, you, move your car. Yeah, to you the other have to move your car. Building. But we're willing to maneuver whatever we needed to maneuver. I'm comfortable parking over there, but let me be right here yeah. because whatever I can get the download at is where I'm going to be to function in this prayer and presence. It's so good. And this is
0: a, this is a discipline that, that we can all. Not only develop, but we need to keep coming back to as God's people, right? Because we're created to worship the Lord, and, and here's the bottom line: something is always guiding our life at all times, in all seasons. At all stages. That's good. Sometimes they're great things, sometimes they're not so great things, but something is always guiding our life. It could be fear that's guiding our life in a season. It could be hurt that's guiding our life in a season. Mm-hmm. Something's directing us. Something's yeah. pushing us forward. So we we have to be cognizant enough to say, okay, what is actually this is what I feel and this is what I think. I need to bring this to God and ask, first of all, is this even true? Because a lot of times we'll just go with our feelings, and we'll just go with, uh, you know, like, like a generation that just posts what they feel. Hang on. Like, you were over that in two hours, but you left that to bleed all over everybody. That was a moment, right? And God is willing to receive us in those moments. And if we can discipline ourselves and then keep Um, disciplining ourselves to do that how many of you would say you're an emotional person or a reactive person who's going to be honest today come on i'll put mine up first how many of you are calm like the spirit of god the gentle spirit that hovered over the waters come on and you more you bunch of self-righteous oh look at rita our worshiper look at rita raising her hand no She's like, that would be me. I lead worship. No, in in all honesty, there are people who who genuinely respond to the Lord and respond to pressures more patiently, and then there are people who who respond in life quicker, right, with flesh. Yes. Right. (laughs) Even in traffic,
1: right? Yes, Lord. Where we get tried the most in San Antonio. Yes,
0: yes, constantly. Something is guiding our life, and we have to take stock of those times, Is it ambition? Is it courage? Is it fear? Okay. Prayer and presence are sustaining fuel for us as believers. The fuel that never runs out. That's what we want to keep the tank filled with. So that we're not filling it with other things. See, presence is a gift. The presence of God is a gift. It's a gift to us. Think about that. Right here, right now, we don't have to wait till heaven to experience the presence of the Lord. We don't have to wait until eternity is already in motion in our life, mm-hmm. beyond this life, to experience the presence of God. We don't have to wait till Sunday when worship is plain. Right? For myself and and for Courtney, we talked about our car. That was a sanctuary. Yeah. Like I was so spiritual, I would put my Bible on the dash, hoping that nobody would break into my car thinking, oh, <laughs> like it, like it's an alarm. Like some thief is going to come to my car and say, "Like, oh, I can't rip off this guy. My grandma will kill me. This guy's a believer. The holy word of God is there. I'll move to the next car. Hey, I never got broken into, so maybe. That's may have worked, man. Maybe. I couldn't afford an alarm, so maybe. Of course, it was a piece of junk car. So no, maybe. man.
1: There's somebody preaching today saying I was going to break in the car, but God <laughs> saw me and a Bible touched me and I'm preaching today. <laughs> Presence is a gift, okay?
0: Secondly, presence nourishes the seeds God has already planted. Oh, God, yeah. It nourishes the seeds God has already planted. You know when we're singing these songs before the message. Those songs are happening and in each song I'm not only singing them but I'm connecting to them heart and soul. Yeah. Like these words, they're not just words. These mean something to me. Mean something. Something has happened in me so I can sing these songs. Not not as a song. This can be offered up as worship to the Lord, right? That's the beauty of walking with God. It it nourishes, his presence nourishes those seeds that he's planted.
1: We were singing earlier, I'm going to see a victory. And for some people in here, the atmosphere is already set, but your personal atmosphere was getting partnered with that song because it was watering the seeds of literally... I'm going to see a victory. And for some people, it's like, uh, the lyric may be different. I'm going to be a victory. I'm going to see it. I'm going to be it. Because you walk through moments in life, and it seems like I don't know how God is going to get me out of this. But God, this I'm in the last 30 minutes of an Avengers movie, and I don't see the way out. But the presence of the Lord has a way of reminding you I'm bigger than where you're standing and I'm sending help. That's good. I'm sending help. And it also teaches you how to shift your atmosphere. Worsh- shifting your atmosphere is not just for the worship leader. It's not just for the veteran believer. Mm. Babies know how to shift atmosphere early. <laughs> Get your child to pray for you and watch the atmosphere shift. Mm. Because all they have is I believe God can and he will. Start practicing shifting your atmosphere. And for me, when I would get in the presence of the Lord, I would start testing out the stuff that he told me to do in the Bible. Mm. I would start lifting my hands. What does this mean? You said this is a tool. Let me practice it here. Let me bow my heart, which is just elevating my heart above my head. Let me bow. Let me dance a little bit. I'm not much of a dance. Let me just sway a little bit in the presence of the Lord. And maybe I'm not a dancer, but it puts me into the rhythm of what God is saying for my life in this kingdom. And the last thing mm. is forcing me to get off the throne of my heart mm. and saying, even if I look crazy, sitting in this car, swaying. Have you ever rode past somebody on the interstate and they're into a song? I mean, do you know how many times Don't Stop Believing has had people in a <laughs> chokehold in their car? Don't stop believing. They're into it. They're creating an atmosphere. I would push us as believers to do the same thing. If you don't know a worship song, what grabs you? Grab it partner with it, create that presence in the car or on your job or in your home or in the shower.
0: I'm going to give you an old school song. Do you remember when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart? I would dance like David danced. I used to love that song. Who, is, who has no idea what we're talking about? Put your really? Up. Come on, Courtney. The
1: Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. I'll dance like David danced. Come on. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I'll dance like David, dance, I will dance, come on Carlos, dance, dance like David, dance, oh man, and and here's what I love, we would do what you call a Holy Ghost two-step and you just kick your leg, it was for everybody who was rhythmically challenged, if you couldn't do it, you just kick a leg. And we do that song in about 30 minutes.
0: Right. So as a little kid, I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm looking at people dancing, and I'm just laughing at people, right? But at the same time, I'm caught up in it, because I'm like, what is going on with these people? Because I would see people, and uh, here's the thing. Men would always get my attention, especially men who look like they could handle their own business in the parking lot and punch somebody out. And when I would see that they're caught up in the spirit of the Lord, that they're not too cool for school. That they're humble enough to sing before the Lord, cry before the Lord, worship before the Lord, pray before the Lord. They didn't care what anybody was thinking. Mm. It just changed what I thought about what a man actually is, right?
1: Hey, hey, I, I love my mama. I learned how to worship by watching men. Mm. It was the men in the church that I would say, oh, he lifts his hands. Oh, that, okay. Oh, that, that person, they, they're not the best dancer, but they're lean, they're dancing before. Because I, I yeah, your mom raised you. Yeah, my thing. mom raised me, yeah. but I learned by watching men in the church. And it gave me permission. And when I didn't have my own dance, didn't have my own song, didn't have my own language for prayer, I would borrow theirs Mm. until I did it enough to feel comfortable in my own lane. That's good. Last
0: point, presence is a taste of heaven on earth. It's a taste of heaven on earth. You know, um, when we're doing funerals, we call them celebration services because we're sending people off to Jesus. Yeah. We're not caught up grieving as those who have no hope. We're literally celebrating someone's home going yeah. to be with the Lord. And the examination of what their life has been, the mark that it's made, the legacy that they've left, the impact that it's made. Those moments are so are so sovereign, precious, and holy, because it's in those moments that I think re- people are so ready to lean into the presence of God, not just grief. Christians are ready to lean into the presence of God in those moments, and that's a taste of heaven on earth, that this grief, it, it's deeply sad, but it's not overwhelming me because there is hope beyond the grief. There's hope beyond the sorrow. And I was... I was um, in my early 20s and I was trying to, I was applying for this job and it was, um, I wasn't married at the time, single guy, freshly saved, serving the Lord, going to church, and, but I just did not like where I was in life. I had left a lot of stuff behind. I was like, God, I need a new beginning. I need new friends. I need a new, new rhythms. I need new everything, right? And I'm praying and there's this opportunity to open new restaurants around the country, and travel to all these different cities and all these different restaurants and train, staff, and I just thought, God, this is a godsend. This this is the job for me. Gets me out of San Antonio. Gets me a new beginning. New cities, new places, new people. And I was lined up. I'm interviewing for it, and I thought I was going to get it, and then I didn't. And I started to sink. And I remember this was one of the first, first big tests I went through where my zeal was consumed by the stuff of life. Romans 12 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. It says to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. But here I was, not just upset with God and upset at God, but wrestling with the affliction that I thought was affliction when it really was just God saying, no, in fact, my prayer really wasn't for God's will. My prayer was for God to do my will. Come on. My will was give me this job, get me out of here. You know I don't like this place. You know I don't like this position. I don't want to be here. Why am I stuck here? Anybody ever been stuck before and you can't move out of the season? You can't move out of the situation. You you push, you crowbar, right? My wife's stuck with me for 20 years. She can't get out of it. It's, she's <laughs> stuck. It's the way it is, right? But when, when you're stuck, what can happen is there's, a, there's something weighing down on your zeal and your spiritual fervor for the Lord. And I think prayer and presence rebalance and realign the tires so of our life so we can keep moving. See, some people, the presence of God is, is difficult for them to go into because the presence of God is where God reveals himself to us and he reveals us to us. And we don't always like what we see about ourselves, and we don't necessarily like what he's showing us about himself. And so we think we'll just stay busy, we'll work hard, do the right things, try not to do the wrong things, but there's healing in the presence of God. There's revelation in the presence of God. There's wholeness in the presence of God. There's a rebalancing in the presence of God. There's correction in the presence of God, right? It's a culmination of all these things that, that make us the disciples God is calling us to be, to be more like him. Right? Prayer and presence aren't a bad thing. They're a good thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? What did Adam do when he's in the garden? When he first experiences the reality of his own sin, he sees himself as naked. And what's the first thing he does? He hides from the presence That's so good. of the Lord. That's so good. Like, think about it. Where do we find ourselves hiding from God? Where is it that we recognize in ourselves and what's going through our hearts at that moment, our minds at that moment, that this Mm -hmm. is something we should take to God or something we should hide from God?
1: That's so good.
0: When we recognize our own sinfulness, our own nakedness, come on, we can bring those things to the presence
1: of God. When when I think about that, the presence of the Lord in Adam, the first thing that Adam did was he questioned his identity. Hmm. The second thing he did was gave up his authority. And then he abuses influence by taking Eve with him to hide. And in the presence of the Lord is where I can fight off all of those things. That when my identity is questioned, hey, you, 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 you can't pray, you're this. Mm-hmm. You're never going to achieve. I can take that into the presence of the Lord. Let me go back and hang out with you. When I'm questioning my authority, well, I don't know if you've given me victory. Go back and hang out in the presence of the Lord and pray about this thing. And when you want to misuse your influence, I think that we should all get together. No, we shouldn't all get together. We should go before the Lord and see what God wants to say. Because in prayer and presence, my discernment is heightened to hear what God is saying to me about my past, my present, and my future, and what's in my hands.
0: so good. If I had gotten that job that I wanted, that I was praying about, that God didn't give me, there, there would have been no way I would have gone to Bible college. There would have been no way I'd have met Janelle a few years later. There would have been no way, which means no Grace Avenue Church. Right now it, when you get older it's easy to look it's easier to look back on doors that closed or things that didn't happen and you balance those out with your relative definition of success now because you have hindsight but when you're younger the danger is that you'll try to kick down doors that God is not opening yes or create relationships that God does not ha- intend on blessing or create marriages or create families or create seasons or create stages and, and I don't know who needs to hear this today, but in the stage and the season that you're in, wherever you're at, don't let prayer and presence get too far away from the rhythms that you're creating. That's so good. Like, keep this at the forefront. God knows how to open doors that no man can shut. That's so good. He doesn't need my foot to kick in Thank the door. You, Jesus. He doesn't need my hand to pry it open. Thank you, Jesus. He doesn't need me to check if it's locked or not. He opens this is his word. He opens doors no man can shut. The doors that I've tried to kick open, that's the thing. I have to keep them open. The doors that God opens, nobody can shut those doors. Because He's in charge. I really feel like somebody needed to hear that this morning and to be reminded that that prayer and presence are, are a gift. They're your friends in this season the greatest way we would develop. And I'll close with this thought. If I could do one thing over again yeah. in my entire Christian experience, it would be to put more and more emphasis on prayer That's and real. presence. That's real. Because there are so many things, even so many things, even for the good of the Lord, that can get in the way. Come on. That can become ultimate things. There's the enemy, there's distractions, there's life stuff, there's the flat tire, there's the dogs need to go to the vet, there's just stuff, right? And all of that can consume, and prayer and presence can be put on the back burner. But without prayer and presence, I'm not filled. I'm not full, and I'm pouring out of an empty vessel. And amen, we want a full church. We want a church full of vessels. We want people in service to be able to pray with us and for us. I mean... We make it easy around here. We would grow up and they'd say, come on, turn to your neighbor and just, just pray for what they're going through right now. Some of you would that's die right. and go to heaven right now if somebody that's, that's made right. you pray for somebody else. I mean, we, you got thrown into those situations where now if you were single and they were good looking, it was the gift of the Lord that day for you. To. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's keep praying. Let's pray after this Let's church Let's touch service. and agree. Jesus, yes, Jesus. yes. Thank you, Courtney, for being with us today, man. This man is thanks for so having This Thank is amazing. You. I want to take a moment and um, I want us to, to bow our heads for just a moment as we reflect and, and think about what God is doing, what God is saying to us through this message today. This is not just a, a value for our house as a church, this is, this is a kingdom value, this is important to God. The Lord modeled it for us, Paul encouraged us in it. So let's take a moment and let's pray about that. Let's think. As the psalmist said, turn my heart towards yours, Lord. Turn my heart towards you. Incline my heart towards you. And not towards the selfishness that is working against me. This wasn't the psalmist sitting in shame or guilt or self-pity. This is the psalmist taking responsibility and accountability for his own soul and saying, hey, I see where this is going. Lord, turn my heart towards you. I want to give you glory. I want to live my life for you. I want my heart to be right before you in all things. So this morning, Lord, we pray for our hearts to turn towards you more and more every day to know you, to sense your presence, to discern direction, to discern moments, to be fully aware that the presence of the Lord is here, that you are with us. Lord, let our church be a praying church and a presence church. Lord, if it was important to you, it's important to us. If it was a priority to you, It's a priority to us. If you are not too busy, Lord, to pray, we will not be too busy to pray. Lord, your word says that you give us peace that the world does not have. So Lord, let us today rest in that peace. The peace that you give. The peace that can't come from anywhere else or anything else. The peace that comes from knowing you. Sometimes things were so difficult at the place that I was working, the atmosphere I was in, some of the people I was around that I would go into this little three by three closet there at work, shut the door, and there with mop buckets, brooms, smelled like smoke as everybody had been smoking in the, in the cabinet there to sneak away, I would pray. I would just reset myself several times as the time or the season would call for it to recenter myself to be able to handle what was weighing down on me. Was a potential opportunity to stumble. I turned into a moment to grow. And wherever you are this morning, in this stage, in this season, and may I remind you, it's a stage or a season. It's not forever. Life changes. Things change. We get stuck. Life doesn't. Neither does God. But in this moment, we can grow. And we can pray through things. We can know God's presence through these things. If I could ask you to stand up. I want to read as we receive communion this morning. You know the beauty of prayer and presence that Jesus even modeled this for us. Luke chapter 22, says, When the hour came, Jesus and the apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I'll not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said take this and divide it among you for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. See, Jesus modeled this, preached it, celebrated it, and then asked us to practice prayer in presence as often as we can around this thing that we're doing here today, to remember his body and his blood given for us today as we we take the bread and as we take the cup let's remember prayer and presence are available to us all the time in moments where we maybe we don't feel up to it what we can do is we can bring even our imperfections our frustrations where we've messed up we can bring that into the presence of God and Even if things don't want to come, we can bring them kicking and screaming into the presence of God. Proclivities, temptations, attitudes, whatever it is that's holding us back or telling us we shouldn't be there, we can bring those into the presence of God and see God do something mighty in those moments. So today, we take the bread. Today, we take the cup. Thank you, sovereign God, sovereign Lord, for your work in our life. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Your presence in our life is a gift. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.